Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Canadian Gothic, a series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners. Don't bother getting comfortable for this episode. It's probably going to be impossible. In a prior episode, listeners of Nighttime shared a collection of disturbing encounters with real-life creeps. There were some awful first dates, clingy customers, and just a bunch of all-around cringe. And tonight, in this episode, we'll revisit the topic of Canadian creeps. I'm going to be joined here by Canadian crime content creator Madeleine Klein to unpack a second batch of listener-contributed creep encounters. Additionally, we'll include coverage of some recent higher-profile creeps that found themselves in Canadian news stories. So get the hand sanitizer ready. You're going to feel a little dirty after this one. Let's get into it. Ms. Madeleine Klein, how are you doing over there tonight with your purple background? I'm good. I'm preparing for the worst because more snow is coming. I thought I thought spring was on its way, but we're getting yeah, we're getting 20 centimeters this this weekend. Oh, wow! And I'm I'm horrified. I feel for you. Well, I always remember that saying: March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. So uh, yeah, that's hopefully this is the end of it for all of you poor. What do you say, Saskatchewanese? We are Saskatchewanians. That sounds right. Saskatchewanians. I've I've never said it. So huh. yeah, I don't know. But what are you guys called? Well, we're Nova Scotians. Oh yeah, that one's easy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what we're called. Yeah. Hmm. I never thought of that before until right now as it tried to leave my mouth. But uh we gotta get right into it because we got a full deck of awful stories that are gonna make us quiver and cringe and maybe hide behind pillows and like peek over them do you even know what we're in store for tonight i don't know i'm i'm prepared to want to crawl out of my skin yeah it's going to be that kind of night uh let me ask you though um have you had many encounters with creepy guys or girls be it selling things online on marketplace and someone gets a little weird or a first date that goes crazy or an employee or a fellow employee or a customer at a workplace that just freaks you out for some reason well the more i thought about this episode it made me think about my past and Uh-oh. what things i've experienced and i was recently telling this story just a reader's digest version of it to another one of my friends and because at the time i was so young i thought it was just kind of weird and a little funny it's it's pretty creepy okay so is it is are you are you um gonna implicate yourself in any crime by telling this story no okay good no but i really hope he's not listening and yeah so i was 18 and so this would have been like late 2011 ish early 2012 okay and i was serving at a restaurant and there was this guy that came in and he was a regular and i'll admit i thought this guy was super hot like yeah i was super into him um there was a few red flags though like i knew what kind of guy he was and whatever and he was Mm. a little bit older than me i was 18 and he was he told me 27 
So whatever. Time goes on. We kindle a friendship of some sort. And then it comes out that he's actually 30. I think his roommate told me he's 30. Mm. And I was like, what is the difference? Because I asked him, I was like, what's, he's like, well, I didn't want you to think that I was too old for you. What, were you going to lie forever? Like, (laughs) so that was kind of, that was kind of odd. So then one night I'm at work and I'm closing the restaurant and he's there, obviously. And he was a little drunk, but whatever. He was giving me the psycho babble, like, let's get married and buy a house. And he said, I'll buy you a dog. And so I... I'm running with it, right? And I was like, oh, no, I don't want a dog. I want a ferret. (laughs) That's a crazy story already. (laughs) Wait. So whatever. I go home. The next morning, I'm at my other job. I worked at Home Hardware during the day. Mm -hmm. And this guy shows up around 10 a.m. with a fucking ferret. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, what's happening here? So... Yeah, he comes in. He's like, are you on a break soon? And the stars would have it. My my nosy boss walks by and she's like, oh, my God, you are going on coffee right away. It's like, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, man. So I was like, OK, so, yeah, he's like, yeah. So he bought me this like black ferret. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it was like a. Like an offer of of dating. I, I don't know what this was. The, yeah, that and is I a was very just, uh complicated message to send and i'm just like this ferret stayed at his house it was kind of a thing um long story short uh he ended up going back to toronto i ended up dating somebody else true truth is truly stranger but get this so we haven't he we haven't spoken since a couple weeks ago he adds me on snapchat oh my goodness so this is 11 years later i'm just like I did not accept the request for the record, but this is why I'm worried. I'm like, I hope he didn't like Google my name and he's not like listening. Oh, cripes. But yeah. Wow. Whatever. What a story. <laughs> well, I didn't the that ferret. Went in, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. That went in some interesting <laughs> uh, directions. So like that's, that's creepy, right? It is creepy, <laughs> but you know what? Nothing surprises me anymore. What, what happened was um, a little over a year ago, I think a listener wrote to me and they're like, I had this crazy experience with a creep and I was like, yeah, like we'll share it on my, on my show. And then I put a call out to other listeners. Like if anyone else has had a weird experience with a, with a, you know, a man or a woman, whoever, and I gave some examples like a bad first date or a weirdo at work, that sort of thing, send me a voice memo and give your story and I'll, you know, I'll compile it all in an episode. And I put out that call out in the next a day, two, two days later, maybe I had like 20 stories that were all of them just made my skin crawl. So I did one episode simply called Encounters with Creeps, uh, but I had saved a lot of the other stories, but also I started getting after I released that episode, other listeners were like writing in, like, if you ever do another episode, I got a story to share with you. So I've kind of been sitting on these waiting to share them in a creative way or, or, or in an effective way. And that's what tonight's going to be. We're going to go through a collection of listener contributed encounters with creeps from across Canada. But I also, as we go through this, I want to touch on some developing cases of, of uh, extreme creeps that made their way into Canadian news stories. Cause we had picked a few stories that we wanted to talk about 
And when I looked at the stories we're going to talk about, I'm like, these are some of the creepiest people in the country. So I'm like, this is it. This is like the night of creeps for Madeline and I. Um, I have a creep to tell you about that's in the news here in Nova Scotia. And I think you have one in Ontario that you've been following. The one in Nova Scotia, I'll tell, uh, we'll, we'll go through these and then we'll get into the listener stories. But I want to tell you about this story in Nova Scotia because this is, um, it takes place at a business I frequent a lot. It's a, uh, it's a used, well, I don't know, a thrift store. It's basically a small thrift store that goes by the name Mission Mart. Uh, it recently came out that one of their employees is definitely a creep and got himself in some trouble and certainly upset and made a whole lot of people feel very uncomfortable. going to read you a little story here that includes his, uh, his punishment for the awful things he did. So here we go. A young man who used his cell phone to secretly record compromising videos of 32 women at a Halifax thrift store two summers ago will not be going to jail. Connor Martin, 21, of Hatchet Lake, pled guilty in Halifax court for two counts of voyeurism. Judge Kelly Serba heard sentencing submissions in January and delivered his decision Tuesday of last week, giving Martin a one-year conditional sentence followed by 18 months probation. Sebu, who's the judge, said Martin's actions were deplorable and warranted a period of imprisonment, but the judge said he was satisfied that allowing the offender to serve his jail time in the community would not endanger the public and would be consistent with the purposes and principles of sentencing. One of the charges was in relation to a woman who caught Martin in the act at Mission Mart, where he was working on a job placement in August of 21. The woman, whose identity is protected by a publication ban, was trying on clothes in a dressing room when she saw a cell phone pointed at her from under the adjacent stall. The woman ran out of the stall and confronted Martin, who claimed he had dropped his phone. Police responded to the store and seized Martin's cell phone. A video of the woman changing was located on the device. A further examination of the phone revealed 70 more video clips showing 31 other women being recorded without their consent over the prior two weeks. 22 of the other victims were in a change room when they were recorded. Martin also aimed his cell phone up the skirts or dresses of nine of the women while they were shopping in the store. Martin, who lost his position at the store, confessed to police and said he had not uploaded the videos to the internet or sent them to anyone. He said he had thought about doing this type of thing when he was going to Halifax High School, but never did it. Asked why he committed the offenses, Martin told the investigator, I guess I was just bored. So I'm going to end it at that. So that's a... I, I, sadly, I don't know how uncommon that sort of thing is. You hear about that a lot. This one struck me because for one, it happened in the store right around the corner and the way he gets caught in the act. And then his punishment is a very light slap on the wrist. He's basically getting like a year of probation. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, and he got away with it for two weeks and multiple videos with multiple women. How did he... I, but then that begs the question, how many people do this and don't get caught? Yeah, seriously. And and you know? if he's working, like he's doing mm -hmm. this while he's working. And I saw this guy, they have some photos of him in the news, um, just like, you know, like walking in and out of the courtroom. He's just this, like, he's just such a, the most typical creepy looking guy. He has like a thin beard, but a big beard and he's just young and weird. And uh, he looks well, like, like and just from the, just from the articles, he's giving incel. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, like I'm lonely and vulnerable. I'm like that's no excuse like mm. 
they're they're showing way too much sympathy sympathy to this guy. You're lonely and vul uh, and vulnerable, but the women were shopping. Yeah, right. <laughs> Period. And well, I was going to ask. So you've been to this store all the time. I was there two days ago. What what did what do the change rooms look like? Like how how big is this gap between stalls? It's just similar to um, like two stalls in a bathroom, basically, except they're in the middle of the like the way the store is set up. It's just a big open space with all racks of clothes and books piled up and random stuff Bizarre. everywhere. And then just over in the corner, not too far from the front cash, which is maybe where he was working, there is uh, two or three stalls next to each other where it's it's not like a, you wouldn't have a ton of privacy. It'd be the kind of thing where you go in just to, you know, to check the fit of a shirt or pants or something. It's it's not like a separate area or anything. But if he was working there, he very easily could have been over there acting like, oh, I'm sweeping and cleaning the floor. I've been down with my phone. And like, I'm glad Ugh. this the, the woman who caught him by the sounds of the article and, and the facts of that case, um, she confronted him right away, ran out of the stall and got him. He had his story. I dropped my phone, but the cop showed up anyway. So I, I don't think she bought it. No. And good. And good thing she didn't. Yeah. And he also didn't like whatever happened. She must have kept the phone away from him because you would think his first thing he would have done would have been delete the video or something like that. The police or showed up and found bail. it. Bail. So, yeah. yeah. Run the heck out of the store or something. But exactly. Oh, man. It's just the idea that that could happen in public is. um Yeah. It's, well, it's and the poor women of Halifax reading that story that shop there mm -hmm. that have in the last, you know, however many weeks, they're like, oh, they probably just their skin's probably crawling. Yeah, certainly. So that's what's happening in Nova Scotia. There's a story in Ontario that you and I had been messaging back and forth about about a, a guy who has gone to incredible lengths to prey upon children on the internet. Before we talk about the story, I'm just going to play a news clip that summarizes a lot of it. But this is like something out of a horror movie. A horror movie that includes the internet. You know, when they when I I always get a kick out of when like a modern movie or a horror movie tries to incorporate or be set within the internet. I love the, those. I do too. This is like the script for one of those. Listen to this. Good evening. The details are horrific and the allegations are deeply disturbing. Toronto police say they've laid nearly 100 charges in a child sex assault investigation, all of them against one man. CTV's Austin Delaney joins us now. Austin, this is incredibly disturbing. Uh, it is so disturbing just because of the ages of the boys and girls involved. The age, the age between 7 and 17. The Toronto Police Sex Crimes Unit wants parents and young people to take a close look at this man. He is 31-year-old Daniel Langdon, and he is facing a slew of sex-related charges against boys and girls aged between 7 and 17. Police say his Toronto home was raided last month after they were made aware of a sexual assault and luring investigation in Thunder Bay. Several electronic devices were seized from the address, allegedly containing evidence connected to the luring and sexual, sexual assault incident in Toronto, sorry, in Thunder Bay, along with a large quantity of child abuse sexual material. That discovery led Toronto police to lay 96 charges against Langdon, including 39 counts of sexual assault, 39 counts of sexual interference, five counts of make child pornography, two counts of possession of child pornography, two counts of access child pornography, luring, eight counts of administer a nauseous substance. 
they found evidence of sexual offenses that took place both online and in person between April 2021 and last month. One alleged incident involved a seven-year-old victim who was sexually assaulted at a Toronto park. Police allege Langdon would alter his image to look younger than his 31 years and would go online using these various social media and dating apps, along with a host of different handles and email addresses. Police want you to see if you recognize any of his images or handles, saying they believe there are other victims. Now we know that coming forward isn't always easy, but we are asking anyone that may have interacted with him or anyone that may have any information to contact the police as soon as you can. Investigators won't say how many young victims there are, only that they are multiple and spread across the province. That is just chilling. Eh? I, I think my the, the part of it that, other than the fact that he's molesting people as young as seven years old, but I think one of the parts of it that uh, made me shiver was he was taking the steps to like alter his photos to appear younger. And they showed in the news clips, like some of the photos that he obviously altered to look a little younger. And the fact that in the Toronto police press release, they had like a page long list of email addresses and handles that this guy set up. How did he even keep track of how much he had going on on the internet? Right. And yeah, like the time that took to execute and mm. oof, that's just, yeah, it, it showed sociopathic. Like, they gave a list of his social media accounts and, and yeah, I'm like, I'm all over social media and it's like, I have five and I'm like, or four maybe between like Twitter and Instagram. I'm like, man, it's so hard to keep track of this guy had it's like 30 lot. of them. And then like, you know, he had maybe 15 or 20 emails and all of these crimes that he's faced with as at least according to what's known at this point only date back to like April of 21. So this guy, Oh man, like that. Thank goodness well, they got him off the street. That's the soonest they could find. Mm -hmm. Let's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's thirty. There's no way this is a new. No, a no, new, yeah. It not a COVID pandemic kind of um, hobby sort of thing, though. No, this is right. This is this guy is a danger, and I'm sure since this is in the news, um, I'm sure a lot more people have come forward who recognized either the usernames or the photos or whatnot, but. Oh, yeah. And probably from multiple provinces because... Well, the internet spans the country. Exactly. And it's it's terrifying. It's so mm -hmm. important to stay one step ahead of your children. Like, you cannot be afraid of technology. Mm -hmm. You have to... You can't ignore it. Yeah, you can't ignore it because it's there. And it's also in everything. Like, it doesn't live just in laptops anymore. It's everything is connected, whether it's a gaming console, your iPad, your phone, your laptop. Kids are at school and they use these devices. So it's just, you know, you don't really get a chance to turn it off. So it's, uh, yeah, it's something. But th those two stories we just covered are, are two mainstream news events of things that are happening but i want to get into the listener contributed stories neither are as extreme or salacious as those but i think they'll give a sense that stories like the ones we just heard seem to start all over the place could be on a bus could be in a burger king could be at pete's fritique which is a popular grocery store in downtown halifax let's get into some here It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's start in. Let's start on the bus. How about that? Okay, sounds okay. good. Listen to this. This is from Christina. Hi, I just finished listening to your episode about creeps, and I wanted to submit something. Um, this isn't one of my own stories about a creep, although I have my own. It's one that I witnessed, and the reason I really want to share it is because I saw the interaction take place and what happened afterward. So this took place on a city bus in Montreal uh, a few years ago, and some guy was you know, pestering this young woman on the bus and she, you know, asking her questions and she was saying how she was visiting from Australia, she'd be heading home soon. And it was very clear by her tone of voice and her posture that she was not interested and did not want to be interacting with this guy. And he clearly did not get it. And, you know, there'd be a pause and then he turned back to her and just be like, so do you like music? And this poor woman, like, I'm sitting there watching and thinking, okay, do I intervene? Do I go and pretend that I know her uh, just to get this guy to stop harassing her? And I am, like, a five-foot-one lady, um, so I'm not exactly the most imposing person. Um, And I didn't. And that's a battle that I often struggle with. Like, you know, do you get involved? Do you not get involved? And I think a lot of people feel that way. And I am so glad that I did not get involved. What happened next is this, you know, this guy who seemed, he seemed more like this, he didn't seem like a big scary guy. He just kind of gave off a rather creepy vibe. And as soon as that young woman stepped off the bus, this man's demeanor just completely shifted. It was as though this cloud went over him and he went from this smiling kind of harmless looking dude to just full of anger he looked so just so frustrated and angry that this woman that it didn't work out however it was he wanted it to work out and that she'd gotten off the bus and then he just sat down and pulled out this notebook and started scribbling furiously and I don't want to think about what would have happened if I had intervened if she had gone with him but that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen is that, look, I'm this harmless guy, haha, go out with me to just rage and pure anger. Jeez. What was that in that notebook? That's like, I think that's his list of women who said no. And it's a law, it's a thick notebook. Yeah, it's on page 700. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oh, that's, that's it's that she was able to see it happen, and then the after effect after the the woman who was I don't know if the victimized is the word, but the woman who was bothered by him when she got off the bus. This uh, Christina was able to share with us, you know, kind of what happened after, which so it's kind of an interesting insight. Like I think most people have seen kind of situations like that where someone is approaching someone, and you can tell, like, you know, this this isn't well, cool. And I th- I think lots of uh men or women because everyone's like this or everyone has maybe dated somebody like this or know somebody's that's that has dated someone like this but we we all know someone that is just like can be vile and just horrible and then in within the same minute in front of other people be like charming and Mm -hmm. just and it's 
like it's the the abusive like vibes it gives the mm-hmm. the nar- narcissistic oh it's yeah yeah this uh, this guy the the image like the way she told the story when i'm picturing him scribbling in the book i can really see him just raging and in that rage you know at had i don't know maybe she felt maybe if she had felt uncomfortable it was like yeah like we can uh, let's go for a, for coffee or i'm going to this coffee shop and he's like oh can i come you know she can end up somewhere alone with him where that dark side can come out like you know so that's why i see when i hear well, exactly. these stories yeah i think like yeah, she's like she's lucky she got off the bus and he didn't get off with her and christina who left the message saying i'm glad i didn't intervene you may intervene when he's this kind of friendly jovial creep but you know people have a dark side and i think she got to see both sides of this guy all in this one unpleasant interaction Um, and i absolutely love i'm pretty sure he doesn't know she exists this mm -hmm. uh what was her name christina who shared the story Yeah. yeah so she she got like a a third party point of view and he doesn't know that which Mm -hmm. i love yeah i do too so she's the archivist of his creepiness (laughs) uh let's get into another one this is from angela hi jordan i just wanted to submit a story in case you ever have another episode of encounters with creeps my first of many creeps was when i was 13 years old i was shopping with friends in the the cherry lane mall in penticton bc it's quite a small mall especially if you come from a larger city which i've since moved to um, anyways, I was walking down the hallway to the bathroom and there was an older gentleman, maybe about 70, walking just ahead of me. I remember he looked back and he looked down on me and asked how old I was. I told him I was 13 and he said that I was quite developed for 13, eyeing my chest, of course. I was so uncomfortable. I remember making a 180, spinning on my heel and walking straight to the mall administration. I was told there was nothing they could do, which was really disheartening. Um, and it's kind of shaped my opinion on people growing up. Anyway, thank you for giving us the space to tell our story. Oh. Like the audacity. Why? Why? It's, it's gross, but it doesn't surprise me. Never surprised, always disappointed. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. What, what I think what surprises me about that story is that as a 13 year old, she uh, had it together to like, go tell someone like go to the mall administration, where most right. people would have just been like, get me out of here. And know. like immediately. Yeah. And at least yeah. like, yeah, there's probably not much they could have done. Like I think him saying that I don't think it would have crossed any legal boundaries, but it certainly crosses uh, social and ethical boundaries. But totally going to the mall administrators or whatever, would be enough that they could look at on the you know, security cameras or whatever and see who this guy is and, and warn the mall security, you gotta watch this guy. This, this is an old well, creep roaming around the mall. Exactly. Uh, my my a roommate I had years ago was a security guard at the mall in Halifax. And she had told me um, that a significant amount of their job, like, you know, a lot of it, of course, is worrying about shoplifting, but another significant amount is just watching creeps in the mall. A lot of times older men who are walking around staring at girls or sitting on the benches, you know, doing stuff where they, I don't even want to say the words, but apparently it was very common to catch people, 
uh, doing. I don't want, I can't say it, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's gross. I shouldn't laugh at it. But the mall, I think, is a place that these creeps will go to be around younger girls or boys or whatever it is that they. I can't believe it's that common. Yeah. That it happens that often. Like, I know what happens, but. Yeah. I think that's a good percentage of their job. Yeah. That is, it's is like, controlling it's like that. It's pretty disgusting. But I think, like I said, public, when I. Public exposure. Public exposure and, and indecency and yeah, but it's um when I put out the call out for stories about encounters with creeps, it surprised me how how many people I heard from and like I'm just playing the voicemail and the voice memos now, but I had a ton of emails as well and it, like I don't think it's any surprise everybody has a story and has encountered someone. It happens all the time. Uh, let's hear about how it happened at Pete's Fertique. And this is a bit controversial of one. Pete's Fertique, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's a it's a grocery store, like a small kind of artisan grocery store. They sell like, I don't know, higher end stuff. Um, they sell, uh, or anyway, they, they're, they're right in the center of Halifax. And this is a controversial one because I had to edit a lot of it because the person pretty much said who the creep was. But <laughs> I've edited it enough to make it so that it's, I think I'm okay. Listen to this. Hey, Jordan. So I was just listening to the nighttime podcast episode about creeps, and it really reminded me of an encounter that I used to have uh, when I worked at Pete's Routique, like well over 10 years ago when I was 16. And um, so this was downtown Halifax, and there is a, I'm not going to say his name, but a well-known dentist who like owns, I think, a cosmetic dentistry or something. And he used to come in every day because it was close um, to Pete's and get his lunch, and he would get a smoothie from the smoothie bar where I worked. And he used to be kind of creepy. He would be like, one of the smoothies was called full service. So he'd be like, oh, could you get me a full service? Like, <laughs> I don't know, just like a little bit creepy and then it kind of started uh, crossing the line when I was off days that he would come in and he would ask where I was and ask for me and stuff like that and they and I didn't even get involved my supervisors just ended up telling him like stop asking for the 16 year old employees or like it's inappropriate and um since then I've seen him at a party with like a bunch of young girls surrounding him. So I don't know, I get super creepy vibes from this guy. So if you need cosmetic dentistry work, maybe avoid. All right. Thanks, Jordan. Oh, no. Yeah. But uh, again, uh, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. I find every time I go to like a coffee shop or I don't know, anywhere where there's like a, a young woman serving, I, I find people use that use the relationship you have as customer cashier. They, they just overstep that. Like you'll go to, a, I don't know, a Tim Hortons and there's just all these older men like flirting with the young person getting paid minimum wage to make their coffee that has to talk to them. I have worked enough re retail and service jobs to feel that in my soul. Yeah. It's like, it's, this isn't a strip club, sir. I'm making you coffee here and you know, you can right? tip. I'll smile if you tip, but that's it. Exactly. You know what? I might not even smile. I don't even owe you that. <laughs> yeah. Tip because I don't get paid crap to be here putting up with creeps like you. Oh, exactly. And then in this one, I could I can see that having something on the menu, like the, I don't know, the full service or whatever, it's, this guy would just use that as his way to. Mm -hmm. It's like the kind of creep who gets like gets off on ordering like sex on the beach at a, you know, those shots. 
And the server is just like, oh, you're disgusting. Like, sir. If I laugh, is are you gonna tip me thirty yeah. percent? Because that's the only way I'm doing this. Oh man, but yeah, that's that's uh, awful. Let's go to Jada's story. Actually, I need to take a breath for this one. This oh, is no. a this is something. Get into it. Am I prepared? I don't know. Do you got hand sanitizer? I Ooh. feel like when when I hear gross stuff, I want to wash my hands. This one it's makes me want to wash my hands. Super hot bath. <laughs> uh, here we go. I just heard your creeps episode, and so I just thought I would give you another story. Um, I was in a car accident on the way going back home from an internship uh, one fall, and uh, unfortunately, I got into a car accident. Of, young girl pulled out in front of me on the highway and so we were in an accident up to where you know, the ambulance had to be called she had to be airlifted the whole thing so i had to get in the ambulance i'm gonna iv had my uh shirt cut off and everything uh, so it's pretty like you know traumatic experience luckily i was you know okay just just a little bit bruising and sore but then the next day i get a random text message from a number i don't know I'm thinking maybe it's one of the nice men who helped me actually when the accident happened on the highway. And turns out it was the paramedic. Uh, he had called, he had got my number for my patient information. And mind you, this guy has seen me with like my shirt cut off, you know, already in like a very traumatic situation. And is texting me, like really hitting on me. I'm 21 at the time. He's about like 29 or so. It's like a grown man. And he's telling me his whole life story of how his ex, uh, you know, broke up with him and, and all these things. And so I really had to ask him to stop texting me, but I just couldn't believe that he would abuse his um, his job, his power like that. So uh, hopefully maybe you'll premiere it on the show. Thanks, and I really love the show. Oh, you, you work in kind of a medical situation. Is that crossing any lines? That is the biggest HIPAA violation. <laughs> I have, HIPAA? Uh, what the hell does it stand for? Why isn't this coming up? Here it is. Protected. It says protected health information, but. Okay. So it's basically, it's kind of like, so we have Pepita, which is like protecting your personal information. This is like protecting your health information. Yeah. So let me ask again, did he cross any lines? Would you suspect? Oh my, like he would get fired so fast. He would be in the news. It would be a huge thing. There could be lawsuits. I, I can't believe that. And like the next, the next day, and he was just so. Oh my god! And I can almost hear that... the text where he's just like Me complaining too. about his wife or ex or whatever. And oh man, Jada, that's I'm, something. I am just like floored right now. It's like, yeah, I got your number off like the patient information. Yeah, you you were the girl in the coma without a shirt on that was bleeding from the mouth and ear. <laughs> Do you remember me? No, <laughs> you were medicated. Oh, and, yeah, like, no, clinging to I life. don't. <laughs> God. Oh, that's bizarre. So, of course, it's a violation. He crossed every legal, ethical, social oh. boundary. But does it surprise you? Never surprised, always disappointed. Okay. That should be the name of this episode. Like under the like under the HIPAA thing, you shouldn't even be looking up patients on Facebook. Mm. And they like, you know, like that's just that is it, such a huge violation. It's just such a huge breach. Yeah. And it's, you know, the Ugh. health records would contain so much personal, complicated, sensitive information that this guy would use it 
as his own like Tinder database, basically. Well, he he should be careful because I know in Saskatchewan, uh, hopefully he is still not employed. There's no way he is. Oh, no. Um, but I know in Saskatchewan, like they do audits and they have ha- like I remember during my orientation, they told us about one specific case where I don't know who this woman would have contacted or whatever, but she contacted the auditors somehow and said, look, my ex's new girlfriend is a nurse. I want you to see if she has looked into my, into my stuff. And she had, lo and behold, she had. Yep. Or yeah, you can get flagged if you like search something that is like totally out of the realm of what you should be searching. And mm-hmm. and there's yeah. a paper trail, well, like a digital paper trail for all that. In fact, absolutely. Uh, I just covered something recently on my series covering the Nova Scotia mass casualty. What had come out was um, like the Nova Scotia Health Authority had done some kind of audit and they found that uh, that records of people that were involved in the Nova Scotia mass casualty, that mass, like the mass shooting, uh, that health records of people affected or involved in that were searched on like multiple, like (gasps) multiple times by different people. And it turned out like there was, they handled it internally is what the Nova Scotia health authority said. It had something to do with the amount of time from when the, when those accounts were accessed or those files were accessed to the time it was determined that, that the time that it was discovered that it wasn't criminal. Um, but I'm sure there was some slaps on the wrist given, but I can see in some cases, you know, some, I don't know, someone, let's say, for example, you work at a hospital or something and Justin Bieber comes in your hospital. There's probably some, uh, immature or just kind of foolish person who would be dumb enough to like, I don't know, look at his records or something. Cause he's a star. Totally. I'm sure that happens all the time. Um, but it's I think it's something altogether, which, of course, that's wrong, but it's something altogether different. I think when you're looking at, you know, your ex, your boyfriend's ex-girlfriend or whatever, and then it's even something worse if it's like a patient that you're attracted to that you cut off her shirt the night before and you're calling her and, up. Right. And like texting her. Yeah, hey. that is man. He put his job and probably freedom on the line doing that i would love to know more about who this person is because i guarantee if you search his name you're gonna find some articles about probably yeah um something that he did uh anyway that's awful you should feel safe in an ambulance well any medical setting yeah or or at least uh you should feel safe with your information in a medical database um isn't going to be used for soliciting dates Right? Like, where am I? What is this? Is this a game show? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get into... A st- so we just went through a bus. We were in an ambulance. We are in a grocery store. Uh, let's go over to Burger King. Nothing good happens in Burger King. Never. Let's listen to this. So I have no idea if you're still accepting creep stories, but I have a couple of quick ones from when I used to work at a local Burger King. Um, Basically, I had this guy once who started messaging me on Facebook, and he kept saying things like, you know, you're so pretty, you're so hot, we should get together, whatever, whatever. I had no idea who this guy was, so I was telling somebody about it that I worked with, and she told me that that guy was her next-door neighbor, and that apparently he was finding people that she worked with and messaging them all on Facebook. So we kind of were like, okay, that's a little creepy, weird, I blocked him, no big deal. Then he started showing up at the place I worked, at Burger King and ordering food and whatnot and anyway this girl 
Long story short, she told her father, and he actually went next door and threatened the guy, told him to stop harassing, you know, teenage girls that this girl was working with. The other story, same place, um, but it was for the gas station next door. I would go in and order, you know, get like Red Bulls and stuff on my breaks. And the guy who worked there was like the assistant manager. And he literally, every time I went in, would say like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Um, It was a little weird at first. And then it started escalating to the point where he would actually say, you know, we should get married. We should have kids. Um, You know, our kids would be so cute together. Um, I stopped going into that gas station while I was working. And yeah, great times. Then he bought her a ferret. I was going to say, what is with the marriage proposal? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something. But it's, uh, oh my it, God. If, it, let's say if you uh, show interest to someone on Facebook for some reason and they block you, if you know they work at Burger King, I think that should be your sign. Like, I guess I could never go to that Burger King again. I will right. never go there. Like, oh. Just the audacity to show up even once after that. It's like, oh. How can you not take a hint? Well, yeah. I think a lot of creeps have a hard time with, with hints. Do you Clearly. think, do they refuse to believe it because they're like narcissistic? Or is it that they're just so like, um, kind of like enslaved to their own like vice or whatever it is that they just know. can't resist? Yeah, that's a good question. I maybe maybe they think they'll be able to get their target to change their mind i have no idea i think it's just an obsession thing i think they can't it's yeah. an it's like an obsession and an addiction when we think of that earlier story in ontario with that guy who is like prolifically making social media accounts and email addresses and editing his photos in all these weird ways to look younger that's like like that's obviously an an obsession the guy was just and like committed impulsive. to it obsession that i'm sure he spent all day and all night working on and it's like and that's what's horrifying about these people and it's like these are the people who when you watch a horror movie and it's about like you know there's this killer who has his hood up and he's just walking down a dark alley like looking for someone it's not a big step from these stories to that not really and with the internet these people just like welcome themselves into these children's homes mm-hmm or yeah, Ugh. children or or adults like is or it's, whoever yeah. You go uh, if you go on. I don't know. There's there's so many uh, something we talked about on the Keep Canada Weird series before is there was some quite a few like Facebook kind of communities that are popping up across Canada and probably across the world that have the goal of letting um, women in a certain area know about guys they've encountered through dating sites that like, you know, avoid this guy. He's a scammer, or he's violent or, you know, whatever the case may be. And when we were covering that, I found multiple cases where these groups had uncovered like serial predators and stuff. Like it's something that happens all over. And if you want to talk about creeps that exist online that terrify me in Canada, there's a, I did an episode about this group that exists, uh, they they had a YouTube channel, but I think it's been taken down and they call themselves the Toronto Predator Poachers. Have you ever heard of these people? I think I, I've heard of some sort of rendition of this, okay. I think. I, I Yeah, it's what they do is it's kind of like three or four people working together. One of them kind of serves himself up as bait. And it's uh, in, in the case of the Toronto Predator Poachers, I had them on my podcast to talk about what they do and how they do it. But ultimately, there's one person who will serve themselves up as bait and they will 
create social media profiles on, you know, Instagram and Facebook or whatever. And they have the rule, like, we don't message people. We wait for someone to message us and we make sure they're leading the conversation. So they just carry on all these conversations until somebody wants to meet up with them. And they make sure that they made it clear that they're underage and that this person is overage and they make sure the person's okay with meeting with an underage girl or boy or whatever the case may be. But then when it's time for them to meet up at, you know, the Walmart in Toronto or at this park in Sudbury or something, who actually shows up is two guys with cameras uh, live streaming to YouTube. Both of them are absolutely intimidating to look at and what they do on their YouTube channel, the Toronto Predator Poachers, is they'll confront the person, show them the, you know, the chat logs or whatever, the conversation. And what they say at the end usually is, um, I'm gonna contact the police and give all this to the police, or you can call your wife and tell her what you've been up to while we film it. And that's how the videos often end with these people like, you know, crying on the phone with, I don't know, their wife or their daughter or whoever the case may be. So it's, you know, there's People have differing opinions on, again, on the ethics of what they do. But, you know, if you ever check out their stuff, it is crazy. Oh, my God. It's crazy. And it's, it's Canadian. brilliant. Yeah. And it's like they <sighs> for a while there when I had them on my show it was a year or two ago, they were doing like a video a week. I asked them, like, how do you come up with this stuff? And he said, trust me, there is no lack of content in this. It's somehow better that they call whoever because anything that's reported to the police like drug dealers get more time than child molesters. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather see them ruin their own lives. Mm -hmm. And then they put the video up on YouTube and everything else. So it's exactly and if they let have the their, internet do its work, let the internet do its thing. But anyway, we've gone through a whole bunch of stories. Does this make you um, feel like you want to lock your doors extra tight, maybe get an even more souped up security system? How do you feel in this world? I feel, honestly, I feel very lucky. I, I've i got a couple stories, but nothing, nothing horrible like oh, that's some good. of the stuff we've heard or like some of, the, some of my secondhand stories of like my friends. Mm -hmm. Crazy stuff. The worst I have is when I was 18, I used to tan in the middle of the night at a 24-hour gym and some weirdo used to wait outside in his car for me. Ugh. Let's wrap it up with another story of a developing or breaking case related to a creep in Canada. Uh, actually, the creep starts in Canada and this story starts in Canada, but it's actually playing out right now in Australia. This is like something, um, again, like something from a movie. It's a very dark story. It involves the murder of Amanda Zhao, who was a young woman who was killed, I think, in 2000, 2002. 2002. She was killed in Vancouver, BC. Um, in short, her live-in boyfriend was arrested for her murder after she was found, I believe, stuffed in a suitcase in like a park in Vancouver. Um, he was found guilty, but he left the country to, I think, first to China. The Chinese government took him in and, and gave him a pretty light slap on the wrist. Well, he now, left four days after her body was found. Oh, yeah. He so bounced. Her, her body was found. He was like, see ya. And I don't think he was sentenced till like years later. Yeah. Like they ended six up doing, or seven years later. They did the trial in China 
and and that's where he was like they the Chinese government arrested him and did the trial there and I think he it was like seven years or something he got but yeah the guy is in the news again in the most bizarre way and this guy is a certifiable murdering creep listen to this story a man convicted of killing his girlfriend in Burnaby and stuffing her body in a suitcase more than 20 years ago is now claiming she's still alive. Ang Lee has applied for refugee status in New Zealand, insisting he was set up. As CTV Shannon Patterson reports, a Vancouver MP is speaking on behalf of Amanda Zhao's family and urging Ottawa to get involved. On October 9th, 2002, Ang Lee reported his girlfriend Amanda Zhao missing from their Burnaby apartment. Ten days later, the 21-year-old Chinese student's body was found near Mission. She'd been strangled. Amanda's body was found in a suitcase, stuffed in a suitcase. After fleeing Canada, Lee was sentenced by a Chinese court to seven years in prison for killing Zhao. Now 38 years old, he's living in Auckland, New Zealand under a new name and professing his innocence. Lee has applied for asylum there, telling an Auckland newspaper, it was a political setup by the CCP to get me in trouble. I believe Amanda could still be alive and walking around somewhere. Amanda's family came to Canada to identify the body. DNA testing was done to verify that in fact that was Amanda Zhao. So to simply say that somehow she's walking somewhere, alive somewhere, is absolutely disgraceful. Vancouver East MP Jenny Kwan has written to four Canadian ministers on behalf of the Zhao family, asking them to share information about Lee with New Zealand immigration authorities, who rejected the convicted killer's initial refugee claim and are now processing his his appeal. Criminality is a key piece in making a determination for anybody's uh, refugee status uh, and immigration status. So Canada needs to make sure that we share all of that information with them. The Chinese court that downgraded Lee's murder charge to manslaughter also ordered him to pay a quarter of a million dollars in damages to Zhao's parents, but they haven't seen a penny. Instead of serving life sentence, his sentence was reduced to seven years. Instead of paying for any compensation for the family, he has not, and now he's claiming that she's alive. And so for the family, uh, it is... Uh, extremely upsetting and she wanted to bring a clear message to the government of New Zealand to the immigration department there that uh, Ang Lee is a liar a liar and a killer now living half a world away from the city where he took his young girlfriend's life yeah I misspoke there I said Australia this is happening in New Zealand but this fellow like a it was a setup by the Chinese government she's not actually dead that's what? just bizarre. And how did he get how did he get into any other country? Yeah, well like, I guess he his conviction was downgraded to manslaughter and I think he did his 7 years so maybe he's he's maybe he was free to travel there but now he's like seeking asylum saying like I can't go back there the Chinese government is trying to you know do these horrible things and they made up this murder um but he he did confess to doing it. And they, they identified the body. Yeah. Like, but he, he, he needs a, some sort of psychiatric testing gun. Yeah. Well, the, the, st wrong. the story of how he, like his version of how he actually killed her. So she was found strangled and stuffed in like a suitcase. But according to him, it was a pillow fight gone wrong. He couldn't have come up with anything better. That, that <laughs> is what he came up with. Yeah. He, like, I guess he hit her really hard with a pillow and. I would, I would be, I could never be called for jury duty. 
I could never be a judge. I could never be a lawyer. I would, I would have laughed in the courtroom Mm -hmm. in his face Mm -hmm. and been like, you're not going to believe this clown, right? Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, uh, but it seems like uh, reading between the lines of the story, it seems like her family, Amanda Zhao's family is aware that he's trying to do this in New Zealand. The MLA is even supporting this family by speaking out like that wasn't like some kind of like advocate or relative or something that was like the MLA speaking on on the family's behalf. But I think they're trying to get the story out there in the news so that the New Zealand I don't know, immigration people are like, whoa, we're not letting this guy here. Get the hell out of here. Well, and like, I just, I will never understand women that fall in love and marry killers. Like, I just don't, because he's married and has children now. Oh, he is? I really, I missed that. Yeah, I, I read that in like an article or something. I, be, I would be willing to bet my, well, not my life, because who knows, but I would be willing to bet substa- substantial amounts that his wife, um, doesn't know the whole story or only knows and believes his version of the story, which I think probably differs from uh, the facts of the case. I guess. But if I was, if I was dating a guy whose ex-girlfriend was found in a suitcase and he was a suspect, I don't think I'd even give that a, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) even if you believe him, it's still a red flag. That's, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty out there. Like, yeah, yeah, that's something. Um, but when you hear, like, again, going back to these creep stories, we hear, we've heard tonight, uh, a lot of them involve just like meeting or running into some random man or person. You don't know their background. And whoever met this guy, uh, Ing Lee, I think was the way they pronounced his name. You know, you run into someone like that on a dating site or something in New Zealand. You're like, oh, he seems like a decent guy. And well, exactly. Uh, yeah, I have no it, idea what these people he, are capable. Also, of. I think they mentioned in the article. He changed his name, so he uses a different mm-hmm. name now. So it would be very hard to trace it back. Well, I think a good comparison would be Ted Bundy, because wasn't he like really good looking and attractive? Like, not my type, but I can see how others could be yeah, attractive chari- to him. and charismatic and looked like that's a good word. Yeah. But then as soon as these women, whatever, they trusted him. And as soon as they were in that vehicle, they probably saw that scary switch. Like the dude who started scribbling in the scribbler. Yeah. They saw and, him like he he would like because you could, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You can, if you have to turn it on, whatever on whatever it is, you know, for a job interview or a customer approaches your work or comes into your work and you're just not in the mood, you can turn it on for a minute if you have to. And I think right. a lot of these predators can turn it on when they have to. And then when they don't need it on anymore, they just open their scribbler and start maniacally adding names to the list of people who've wronged them. <laughs> the long scroll of wrongdoing <laughs> that's the only thing i can imagine what else would he be writing well in that situation hey i hate mail just like just or just the word hate just over dear, and over again writing it dear diary another one <laughs> yeah um well this has been something madeline you feel all right do you yeah. need to wash your hands are you going to what like how are you going to come down from this i i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna go decompress maybe take a nice hot shower another one um <laughs> we have guard cats so you're okay right oh yeah they're and they're pretty good yes as he's beside me yawning yeah right it's like what about <laughs> snacks yeah all right well madeline it's been uh disgusting tonight 
Yeah, it has. Thanks. Thanks again. (laughs) I'm glad we got through it together, though. It's always a pleasure. Well, kind of. (laughs) This like I think what really bothers me with creeps is that they're everywhere. You're never safe from them. It's not like this, uh, you know, like lightning strike of like, there's this crazy like murder and, you know, it's all this big mystery or something. This is just literally like all over the place in every town in Canada. And they could ask anybody. They you can it. know them. They can be strangers. You can be attracted to them. Mm. And then they, yeah. And then they're really not attractive. <laughs> no. No. Uh, a ferret is not a sensual gift or a romantic gift. It is not. Her flowers. name was Jasmine. And he named her. Just, I just want to make that clear. Okay, we got to do a, like an entire episode on this story. Oh, the <laughs> dreaded ferret. Oh my. All right. Well, Madeline, thank you again, and we'll be back soon. See you. See you whenever. I want to thank you for joining Maddie Klein and I for this episode of Nighttime's Canadian Gothic series. I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, but before we part, I have some thanks. First, a huge and sincere thanks to everyone who took their time to share their creep encounters with us. These stories serve as a great reminder for everyone out there to keep their eyes open and their wits about themselves. And to any other listeners who have a story like this to share, I plan to do a third part in the series, and I'd love to feature your story. You can share it with me at nighttimepodcast.com contact or email me at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com and we can arrange something. Now, continuing with thanks, I want to give a shout out to Monty Data, who contributes to the music for this episode, and a shout out to LJ from the Dystopian Simulation Podcast, who provides the series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Heidi, Don, and Cheryl, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can do so in a variety of ways. A premium feed subscription costs a couple dollars a month and both funds the creation of the show, as well gives you access to an ad-free two-day early release with a full back catalog of episodes. And if you don't want to go premium, you can support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to get feedback on the show, or would like to submit a question or comment to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can reach me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.